0: Welcome to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. I'm your host, Britt Shefflin. My guest today is Nikki Payne. Nikki Payne is a former dating columnist and marketing associate turned certified dream coach and hypnotherapist. She is also the founder and CEO of Hypnodipity, a personal development company dedicated to creating a world governed by love, harmony, and growth. She believes the quality of our lives can be measured by the quality of our most intimate relationships, especially the relationship we have with ourselves. Through her work, Nikki aims to help individuals overcome adversity in all its forms by encouraging them to stand in their truth so they can effectively create a brighter future for themselves and their loved ones. Visit her website at www.nikkipayne.com to connect with her directly. That's www.n-i-k-i-p-a-y-n-e.com. Nikki Payne, welcome to Human Dreaming thanks for having me it's so delightful to get to see you again it's been a very long time Yes, it has and just for the listeners who maybe don't know one or both of us I met you because you were one of my teachers at HMI College of Hypnotherapy I really enjoyed your classes your business class was amazing and um and since then, you've gone on to do all kinds of other amazing things, which I'm very excited to ask you about, but uh, just a little background to get us started there. Yeah. Most recently, you have been doing hypnotherapy and going to school, and it. I noticed on your credentials that you're doing dream work as well. Could you tell me a little bit about that?
1: I'm a certified dream coach from Dream User University. It's not the same type of dreams that we're familiar with, like human dreaming, like the sleeping dreams. It's actually helping people reach their their life dreams, like writing a book or losing weight or starting a business, those kinds of dreams. Um, I was certified by Marsha Wheeda from the Dream University, and it's a 10 step approach, 10 step process for achieving any dream that you want. And I actually use that same 10 step process. To launch my business dreams, and that's kind of how I ended up at HMI. Oh wow, that's
0: fascinating! I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to be a coach really
1: bad, and then once I got certified, I felt like I needed more tools, and I was originally looking into NLP training, and I stumbled upon HMI, and they offered NLP, they offered hypnosis, they offered imagery, and it just seemed like uh, the full package, and it was kind of a no-brainer for me, and Once I took that first class on HMR and hypnosis, the hypnosis 101 class, I was hooked. I knew this is exactly where I needed to be. And I felt like I truly found my calling once I arrived at HMI.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I've had a very similar experience. So I can certainly relate to that. So I wanted to ask you about If you've ever had a dream that changed the course of your life, and that could be a sleeping dream or an aspirational dream, like the type of dreams that you work with, or it could be a little bit of both, Um, any type of dream that really just kind of changed the direction in your life. Have you ever had anything like that? I appreciate you made the distinction between like aspirational dreams or sleeping dreams.
1: I'll go with aspirational dreams. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter. Um, that dream is like kind of what led me on this path. I remember being in high school. I, I used to write songs. My dad used to tell me, God helps those who help themselves. And so I said, fine, I'll write my own songs." And I remember in high school, I pulled out a magazine called Music Connections. I searched for different uh, producers in the area. I talked my dad into Letting me record some songs at a music producer. And I really wanted to be a singer songwriter. I performed at church carnivals and whatnot. And then I got to college. And when I got to college, I kind of had hit a crossroads. I can either study creative writing and music and go that route, or I could study journalism because I did love writing. And because of that dream, I ended up going the practical routes with journalism and. Journalism, I became a dating columnist. And then as it I became obsessed with relationships and got really into self-improvement. And then that's you know, that it all led me to HMI at the end of the day. So that little dream of wanting to be a singer-songwriter, I feel like I actually get to be all the things I want to be as a hypnotherapist. I'm kind of a motivational speaker. I don't sing, but I, I talk in hypnosis. I get to write my own scripts. It's not quite a song, but it's like custom songs for everyone I meet, if you want to think about it that way, mm. and it's cool. I feel like I'm living my dream. It just didn't show up the way that I had thought it would when I was a little girl. It turned out so much better for
0: me. Oh, that's, that's absolutely incredible, and I can absolutely relate to the script writing part. I was in music as a teenager, but I Never. nice. Really, yeah. It, like I was in choir and, you know, band and stuff like that, but me I, never too. Really, <laughs> that's fun. I never really grabbed me that way, but, um, I never thought of script writing as writing a song for somebody before. Mm-hmm. And that's so beautiful. I'm going to think of it like that from now on. I, I love that. So I feel like I'm living the dream. <laughs> yes, you are. And you are definitely one of the more highly motivated people that I have ever met. So I think that um, to just kind of jump forward a bit, you just wrote a book and yes. it is about motivation. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that.
1: Yes. Thanks for asking. I'm so excited about it. I It's going to publish on Amazon on October 9th. Um, it's called Master Your Motivation 6 powerful steps for procrastinating productively. So if you're going to procrastinate anyways, you might as well do self-improvement work. I think it's a fabulous to be um, not productive in a different kind of way. It came about because I was really, you know, around the time I, I made my way to HMI, I was studying all the successful people I could come across, like Tony Robbins and all the people in that category, like coaches, like Marie Forleo and Elon Musk and Napoleon Hill and I was trying to like figure out like what do all these successful people have that I don't what am I missing in my life and it came down to two things it came down to um, service like I wasn't like being charitable or philanthropic or anything like that and spirituality and so those two things right there were kind of my motivations to like figure life out which eventually led me to HMI. You're going to hear me say that a lot, probably. And so along this journey, I also started looking at some of the people that I met in my life that I've come across, like people I've either met at a networking event and only had one conversation with them or several conversations with them. And I was kind of reflecting back on my own journey of life. And I kind of came down to like, over the years, it kind of, this book didn't start like it started several years ago and it started with like these four components. And the first one was like, okay, what's missing in my life? And the first one is commitment. I recognize that these all people were committed to meaningful causes. They were committed to their spirituality. And so that was kind of my first pillar of like, okay, let me, I used to be a commitment foe. So let me, you know, form stronger commitments to myself, to my world around me. I started volunteering a lot. And so that was kind of my first time being committed to something. I was single for like 10 plus years. That's how much of a commitment phobe I was. Mm. And then as I go along my journey, I recognize that okay, I'm not consistent with my commitments. And so that's something that's always been a lifelong challenge for me since I was a little girl. I'm the w- girl known for having her hands dipped in all these different pots. And you know, sometimes it could look like a bad thing, but for me it's just who I am. I think variety is the spice of life and so I had to figure out, okay, like if I think focus on these big term goal, long-term goals, how do I stay consistent? And so that's where your habit formation comes in and trying to figure out how to do things in a certain way. And if something doesn't work, like just keep trying, you know, the the perseverance, the relentlessness. But I would always get disappointed on myself anytime I fall off the bandwagon. Kind of like, oh, I say I'm gonna go to the gym, and then I don't go to the gym. And then I get disappointed with myself for not going. So then I realized. missing piece was compassion. Like, and I still struggle with that to this day, having, I'm very self-critical. It comes from my childhood. And so compassion was the third step. And then the next one, when I came to HMI, I realized, okay, I have all these pieces. I'm doing my service. I'm being consistent. I've got my commitment. And then when I came to HMI, I realized that my subconscious program wasn't working for me. And that's when I realized the beliefs I had about myself were not serving me and so that's kind of like the final piece and so that's kind of how the book came to be it kind of was like my own journey and then I kind of decided if this works for me maybe it can work for other people and so I started writing myself a handbook you know because I wanted to refer back to it of like remind myself of where it, where I'm headed and keep me going and so that's kind of how the book came about
0: yeah and that really shows actually And for anybody who's listening that might be interested, but is wary of just getting yet another, you know, self-improvement book, this one really stood out to me because it's succinct. There's not extra fluff in it. Literally everything in there is useful, and it reads like a handbook. Like, there's columns. There's like, if this, then that. And there's like, do this and that. (laughs) And then there's reading by... And it just is really to the point and everything in it is useful. And I really, really love that about it. So if people are like not wanting just another self-improvement book that doesn't do anything, then this is the right one to check out because it really is, um, you know, it's like a blueprint. It's very straight. You're going to
1: make me cry. Thank you so much for saying that because I wrote this a year ago. And it took this long for me to actually put it out there because of fear. I had to work through my own beliefs. I was afraid of fear, judgment, criticism, who am I? I had to do a lot of inner work before I finally let go of my own perfectionism tendencies and release this. And so when I finally started letting people read it, and getting the feedback. I was like, Oh my God, that's exactly what, how I want people to feel. So like, thank you so much for saying that. It means the world to me.
0: Oh, absolutely. When I I still feel that about the book that I wrote, like I'll think of things that I wrote and I'm like, Oh, did I write it this way in that chapter? Because your knowledge is always growing. And so you've got to just finish the book at some point because you're always going to learn some new little thing that you could put in, but it's a foundation, right? And then
1: totally
0: all of those other points in time and places and people that you can share the extra little nuances with. So I Mm -hmm. totally feel you on that, but at the same time, you know, good for you for getting it out there because that's really the most important thing is just getting that foundation out to people.
1: Totally. And I, the way I finally like reframed it for myself is, you know what? This is just the first edition. Second edition is coming later.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. Um, and I did want to mention that one thing that really, really stood out to me in the book because it was like my personal weakness is mm-hmm. when I have all of these goals and like a million things to do and it just feels really overwhelming there's this one sentence that you wrote in there and it's in, it's emboldened, I believe. And it says, (laughs) it says, I don't feel like it. And that's exactly like when I'm procrastinating and I have a million things to do and I feel like I'm never going to reach my goals. And all I want to do is like lay around and read a book or watch a movie. That's what's going through my head is i I don't feel like I don't feel like doing that right now. It's too much. It feels emotionally or physically overwhelming. And I don't feel like it. But Mm -hmm. you give a lot of great tools to kind of work around or ride that wave and get through that. Yeah, I don't
1: feel like it. That is probably my biggest thing that I struggle with, uh, for sure. That and compassion. It's like this cyclical effect. And so I kind of, these steps, they're not, it's kind of like the stages of grief. They don't necessarily work in a linear order. You kind of jump around between them, depending on where you're at. And this one spoke to me because I recognize that, okay, because that was the biggest feedback I've always gotten my whole life is that I I lacked consistency. I was never a consistent blogger or or anything consistent. I can't keep a habit for the life of me. I don't even have the same schedule every day. And so I was like, how do I, what is my roadblock? I know what I need to do, but what's the roadblock that's keeping me from being consistent? If that's the thing to do, like, what's stopping me? And when I kind of really drill down on it, it was this, like, it was moodiness, like being mood dependent. I mean, how many times have you heard people say like, I'm only going to do this if I feel like it, or you know, we always wait or I'll wait till I feel like it. I'll wait till I'm in the mood, but then the mood never comes and then you never end up doing it. And that was kind of my struggle is like waiting for inspiration to strike doesn't happen because if then you'll be waiting a long time if you're just waiting. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where that came from of just, I don't feel like it. It's the small disciplines that we we do every day that actually gets us to go. But if we don't feel like it, we don't make any progress.
0: It's so true. But, you know, again, all of the steps that you lay out for getting around that Mm -hmm. is just so clear and and succinct. So highly recommend that people read your book. And this will most likely be coming out after October 9th. So by the time this releases, it should be available um, on Amazon, you said?
1: Yeah, it's going to be on Amazon. There's a Kindle version and also a paperback version. And can you say the
0: title again?
1: It's Master Your Motivation, Six Powerful Steps for Procrastinating Productively.
0: Perfect. And is there anywhere else that, that people can find you, like your website and social media that they could follow?
1: Yeah, you can follow me at NikkiPayne.com. That's kind of my central hub that will take you to whatever other websites that I have. Mm-hmm. And you can follow me on Instagram at Nikki C Payne. That's N I K I, the letter C, and then P A Y N E.
0: Perfect. And I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes as well. So, well, we talked about like the dream that changed the course of your life, and so many things lead back to HMI. And um, mm-hmm. one of the classes that I remember taking there was journaling. And I'm I'm curious if you keep a dream journal.
1: I used to when I was a really young kid because I used to have a lot of dreams uh, with celebrities and I still have it somewhere in my storage. That's kind of what started the obsession with dreams. I don't keep one like I used to back then, but I do do morning pages and I kind of, it's I call it a reflective journal. So it sometimes I talk about dreams or sometimes I talk about what progresses I've made or it's just basically a place for me to reflect on my day.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: kind of figure out like what works, what didn't work and what can I do differently?
0: And you do those in the morning?
1: Yeah, I do it in the morning, but not always. I do it whenever I have time. Sometimes it's right before bedtime um, or in the middle of the day during lunch. So I don't do it as often as I'd like to, but that's, it's the consistency thing. I'm working on being more consistent with journaling because I know when I do do it, it, it helps me tremendously in terms of like releasing anxiety and stress.
0: It's a very underrated tool.
1: Oh, for sure. I didn't realize how valuable it is to just like, I do not even have to talk to my therapist. I just write it in my journal. And then I use my journal as talking points for when I go see my therapist.
0: Oh yeah. It's a a lot more efficient that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It totally is. I was like, can we unpack this for a
0: second? (laughs) So I know when I asked you the question earlier about a dream that changed the course of your life, we went with aspirational And that you maybe haven't been keeping a consistent dream journal regularly, but I'm Mm -hmm. curious because I do know that you have had some affecting sleeping dreams. I'm curious how you've applied the knowledge from those dreams to your waking life. After learning
1: about dream therapy and your book, definitely helped me understand dreams and dissect it a little bit more than I ever had before. And now, knowing what I know now about dreams, I see dreams as clues that tell me how I'm progressing in life, that tell me what direction to go in my self-improvement, and lately, what's interesting, what's been coming up is unresolved anger, which is funny, because anyone who knows me knows I'm, like, really positive, and you never see me angry or upset, and so it's interesting, because that's been a theme, like, in my own therapeutic work, and my own coaching that there's some unresolved anger and now it's showing up in my dreams with a deceased loved one from, you know, 15 something years ago. And the dreams I initially had with them were, were positive, like it was grief and loss dreams. And now the same person is in my current dreams. And now it's a lot of unresolved anger. So that's kind of, it, it, that's a clue for me of like, there's some stuff I need to work on that's on underneath. It's like subconscious. So working with my own hypnotherapist to kind of bring that to the surface and process that is kind of on my agenda now. That's how I use my dreams.
0: That's great. Really practical and straightforward. I like that. (laughs) I'm pretty practical. (laughs) Do you use the HMI process for understanding dreams? I do use the HMI process.
1: And when I still have considerations or the way you break down dream and dream subtype, like, because I used to think there was only reinforcing dreams and then you add there's releasing dreams there's predictive dreams like i forgot all that so yeah. you kind of talk about it in your book and so sometimes i and you have different dream themes so sometimes i use your book as a handbook and i flip through the part like where am i stuck at right now oh wow um, and i use your i use your book as a handbook now
0: oh that's cool i didn't know that well thank you yes, for
1: for letting totally. me know <laughs> <laughs> for sure
0: that's really cool i'm it makes me happier than I can even express when people are actually using my book and applying it like it's a joy that is hard to describe so I'm very thrilled to hear that. I did want to mention that um, the reason why you don't remember that from those classes is because those subtypes are not in the classes and I loved that class so much that it ended up leaving me I was so fascinated with it that it ended up leaving me with more questions than answers and so that's how the Book came about.
1: I love it. You did the work that I wasn't going to do. <laughs> so I get to benefit from it. <laughs> and awesome. I definitely want to add it as a resource on my website. I have a resource page. And I think this is a wonderful resource, the human dreaming book, and even your human dreaming community. I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And I've even gone on there to like process my dreams out. And like, I actually went on one of, went in the human dreaming and went through the steps in your book to process a dream. And by the end, I was like, oh, I get it. I know what's going on here. And it was kind of cool being able to share
0: that with your community. Oh, that's fantastic. I literally have goosebumps everywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff makes me, makes me very happy. So you just totally made my day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you for sharing about how you utilize your dreams my whole goal is you know how are people using their dreams how are people achieving their aspirational dreams and all of that is process right so everybody Mm -hmm. has their own process for it so getting to know what other people do is is super helpful for me as well and hopefully for other people too who are listening definitely this is a random a random aside but i'm curious in your family Um, I don't know like where in the country you grew up, but I'm wondering if like your family or your culture or like from any religious background or, or anything like that, if there is any kind of perception of what dreams are and how they're utilized from when, from like your childhood?
1: Mm, no, that's a good question. We never really talked about dreams as in my childhood. Mm -hmm. I would have nightmares where everyone was bigger than me when I was a kid, but my parents didn't really explain what dreams are or what made sense of them. It was just like, you just had a nightmare. Go back to sleep. (laughs) So I was pretty clueless as a kid. Yeah. They never really talked about dreams, but I think like, as I'm, you know, being older now and talking to my mom, the way she talks about dreams, she, she's from Vietnam um, she thinks of them as like omens. Like she thinks she can predict the future. So, so, um, and I've had dreams like that before when I was in junior high, I had a dream that my best friend, um, he, it my best friend had, you know, the spiky hair was the thing back then. And I, and he had uh, highlights. like the, the tips were blonde. And I had a dream that all the tips got sh- cut off. And then I saw him at school the next day and he, his hair was all gone. He cut his hair oh, and wow. I, I, for that was so trippy for me. Cause I literally dreamed that that happened and then it really did happen.
0: Yeah. I'm a big believer in predictive dreams. Um, I used to have them all the time. I don't as much anymore. I think it's more of a recall issue at this point. Um, but I am with your mom on that one. Like I really do think that predictive dreams are a thing, which is, funny because i tend to be way more scientifically minded i want to know how things work and why they work ones i don't know how they work or why they work other than that you know our brains are amazing supercomputers Mm -hmm. but i think there's definitely some unexplained uh, abilities that people have there and maybe eventually they'll be able to be explained scientifically but i don't think we're there yet
1: (laughs) yeah i want to see the science on that i i open to the possibility of that, but I'm still like a skeptic when it comes to that. (laughs) I want to see science.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The only reason, well, not the only reason, but I used to have them really frequently and I kept a dream journal for many years and then I would have them and be able to refer back to the dream where it happened. No Um, way. And it actually happened? I, on like multiple occasions, like 20 times. And after it happened that many times, it started happening with more frequency. I, I just got freaked out because I didn't understand what was happening and I'm not a really woo woo person. Mm -hmm. So it just, it totally turned me off from dream journaling. And so I really, until HMI, I didn't even pay attention to my dreams again. And then it kind of reignited all of that in me again and I had a better understanding. So it doesn't doesn't scare me anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah,
1: I think I've had the one time the I had it, it was scary. And I think I shy away from it.
0: But maybe if I learned more about it, I'd feel more comfortable with it. And also they do tend to happen in the middle of the night because they, you know, and if you wake up and you remember a dream from the middle of the night, they're usually pretty intense. So that's Yeah, that's happened recently actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they're not always literal but a lot of times they are. So um, yeah, that's really interesting. So your mom believes they're omens. Did she ever tell you about any dreams that she had?
1: Um, I can't recall. She does, but I don't remember them because she has them all the time. And then she'll like, oh my gosh, this thing happened with so-and-so and it actually, it dreamt it. And so wow. or, or she'll start calling people just to
0: check on them and make sure they're okay. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so yeah. she believes that. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to learn more about that. <laughs> I want to learn more about
1: predictive dreams cuz that's like that's unlocking a whole other
0: part of the subconscious. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we should talk to your mom. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I know that um like a lot of the ancient cultures really spent more time paying attention to dreams and cuz it was way more vivid and crazy than any movie we could ever watch, but we kind of Stopped paying attention to them, but there's a lot of that in um, the older Egyptian writing and from various cultures. So I'm always curious about what people's families and religions believe about dreams. So thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. about your mom and a great person to talk to about predictive dreams. Oh, yeah, she'll tell you stories, she loves talking. (laughs) (laughs) Before we wrap up, I did want to ask you if you. if you could create a, a public service announcement in in any format, whether it would be a commercial, a billboard, a film, you know, I know you already have your book, but like anything that would be a simple message that the whole world would see, what would that message be, and what would that look like, or how would you transmit it?
1: Ooh, I love that question. I would go back to my childhood roots of how it all started, and I would write a song it would be my message would be believe in yourself and that was the first song I ever wrote when I was 10 years old it's called believe in yourself it would be a song and I would learn how to play the guitar and it would be an acoustic song telling people to believe in themselves that would be my message
0: I love that that is so beautiful I could very much see you doing that
1: One day it'll happen. Yeah, Um, it'll it'll happen. (laughs) And not anytime soon,
0: but it will happen. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait. (laughs) Before we sign off, is there anything else that you would like to add? Anything that you would like to ask of the audience? Any requests?
1: Yeah, my request is go purchase my book on Amazon. It's available on Kindle and on paperback. Um, If you just go on Amazon and search Master Your Motivation, Nikki Payne, it'll show up. Just go buy the book, October 9th, um, and that will help me out so greatly. And if you've already read it um, from my proofreaders, uh, Brit, <clears throat> I would love it
0: if you went on Amazon and gave me a review. That would mean the world to me. Absolutely. I mean, I found it very useful, so I would be delighted to do that. Thank you. Well, Nikki Payne, thank you so much for being on Human Dreaming today.
1: Thank you. This was great. Thank you so for having me.
0: We are supported by Human Dreaming, the dynamics of dream interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes and Noble website, or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.